Hello, and welcome to the Language of Mindfulness podcast. This is a podcast for people who want to have more great conversations in your life. You want to connect, you want to speak authentically, and you want to listen deeply. This is how to do it, and it's the real deal. So why should you listen to the Language of Mindfulness? Because in every episode, I'm going to give you tips and guidance I've learned in my pretty extensive career of coaching and practice from the best and brightest in the field of interpersonal communications, public speaking, meditation, group leadership, and somatic psychology. And we're going to have interviews with some amazing people about their groundbreaking work. It's my goal to give actionable and uncommon tips and advice in every episode that you can implement right away. So subscribe or follow now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you don't listen, you're going to miss some great stuff that you just won't hear anywhere else. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and welcome to the Language of Mindfulness. Hello, in this edition, I wanted to talk about an important idea that really helped me a lot in my life, particularly when I'm in group settings or you're having a conversation with someone and you want to help, you feel like you have something of value to offer, but you may not exactly have established a relationship with whoever you're talking with uh, that merits the information you're about to give. Like maybe you haven't been recognized as someone they care about or someone who's an authority on a topic, but yet you're feeling inside yourself that you, you have something you want to share, uh, but it might be overreaching a little bit. And I'll tell you a story about, um, well, I, before I tell the story, I, I can say, truthfully, that um, I am guilty of trying to offer too much too soon sometimes with people. <clears throat> because for whatever reason, I happen to have had a, a lot of really good teaching. People have taught me well. And so <clears throat> when I encounter situations where I feel like people can benefit from something that I've, that I've learned and I've benefited from, I try to take a moment and think, well, does this really apply? And then if I decide that it does, I'd like to be able to communicate that. And so I do, or I have tried in the past, and it hasn't always been received well. People are like, well, whatever. And they, people get defensive and people aren't quite ready. This has to a lot to do with level setting in a relationship. <clears throat> if you consider, for example, what goes on when you meet someone, particularly if you're in a potentially romantic encounter or you've encountered somebody who you have some rapport with that's developing and you start actually, if you were to write down a, the dialogue that happens as people develop uh, what you might say trust or familiarity with each other, it kind of goes like, and I'm, it's kind of a crude analogy, but it kind of goes like a poker game in the sense that, you know, to begin with, you know, you're, you're sitting across from each other and you're negotiating in a way with each other and, and the negotiation, what's going on behind the scenes as you're getting to know somebody is an evaluation that goes, well, and you're wondering, well, how deep does this go? Can I really trust this person? How far can I go with this before I hit some non-negotiable dead end? You know, uh, like you find out that they're a member of some religious group that you aren't compatible with, or they have some political belief that just isn't going to work for you. And, you know, those things happen, but you don't know that when you're first getting started. So you can have legit chemistry and, and um, ease and grace with people until you find out something about them that is kind of a, a non-starter. 
but how do you get to that place? Well, you start out by offering, you know, the conversation starts out small with like, oh, well, where do you live? What do you do? And then it starts to get a little deeper, like, oh, yeah, I, you know, that was like the time whenever you might tell a story about your past, and then they might share a story about their past. What usually doesn't happen is, you know, you start talking to somebody and they go, well, you know, back whenever I was homeless and destitute and I had a near-death experience and my grandmother had just died and my, you know, I, I almost had a child, you know, you... you you don't lead with those kinds of intense things. And there's a reason for that, right? Because you're kind of like, well, whoa, who are you? I'm not sure I want to know your deepest dark secrets in the first 30 seconds. So going back to the poker analogy, you're really looking at, well, I'm not even sure we're playing with dollars yet, much less a hundred dollar chip, like, um, you, you know, my deepest dark, someone's deepest dark experiences. You know. Well, when I was in a, when I was in therapy and I was going through trauma for the way that I was abused as a child. Okay, great. I, yeah. Well, I do want to hear about, you know, your struggles, but maybe not the very first thing that we share. And so consequently uh, there can, there has to be, or generally people are looking for some kind of equanimity in terms of, um, you know, if you, if you share a secret that's at, let's say, level one or two, and they share a secret that's level one or two, then usually someone will go to a three or four, and then the other person will go to a three or four, and you're pacing. You're saying, okay, so where am I start to being uncomfortable? Whoa, that's too much. Uh, and you'll stop there for a while and hang out and, and tread water and go, oh, is this like, how's this feel here before you take another step? That's kind of the traditional way things go. And when you overstep your bounds, people will generally let you know. And um, I was kind of that way, in but not so much in terms of what I would share about myself, but what I could tell about other people, because I have this, you know, back history of training and being able to sit down with people and kind of pretty quickly tune in and feel in a sort of an empathetic way what's going on with folks and real or imagined, I would, I would have a story in my head about what's going on with somebody. And I'd want to offer that to share that because usually it's very personal and very, um, those kind of deep with people kind of like seeing, um, they're, I'm going to call it their soul, but I would say like something really true about them. Like, oh, they really care about justice or they really have struggled a lot with, um, being recognized in their life and, and saying something like, yeah, it seems like, you know, you've, you really struggled with being recognized in your life to someone early in a conversation can, can be a little, um, overreaching, although other times it's perfectly fine. And so when do you want to offer something that's a little more personal and a little more direct? And I'll tell you a story now, that story I started to tell earlier. Uh, I was in a training for uh, this amazing uh, training for group leadership training or group. It's called Matrix Leadership now. It's run by a woman named Amina Nolan. And um, I would suggest you look her up, um, matrixleadership.com amazing stuff. And so I was in a training there and I was speaking to a younger man in the group and I could tell that he was really struggling and had struggled with stuff early in his life. And probably, and probably, although I wasn't hundred percent sure, but probably stuff about, you know, what I call daddy issues, right? Like where, and a lot of men have that where you know, their fathers don't approve of them and they struggle to get approval. And that makes 
you know, a lot of sense, a lot of people. And then you act out your whole life. You're trying to win approval from your world around you. And it matters to people. It matters. They want to, they want to be recognized. They want to be seen and heard. And, and, uh, it, it, and and when you you meet when I meet people like that, men and women, it it has a certain sort of flavor in the way that they present themselves. So I was wanting to share my my experience about this person. And I as I began to say something to him, like, well, it feels to me like, you know, um what you're saying has something behind it. The facilitator interrupted me. And he stopped me and he said, so hold on a second. What is, you're, you're about to say something to him that I think kind of goes kind of deep. And I go, yeah, I think so. And he goes, well, why? And I, well, you know, cause I, you know, I've, I, this has been a useful insight for me and maybe it applies. And he goes, yeah, okay. So you're just reasoning this through and he goes, yeah, but why do you really want to share it with him? Like if it's just a fact, then that's one thing, but why do you want it to be useful? Why do you want it to be helpful? What is it in you that wants to help? And so I, uh, kind of, which gave me pause and I stopped for a minute and I thought, hmm. and I kind of felt into it because using mindfulness, as a practice, you, you, you develop some skill with looking or hanging out with your feelings long enough that they actually maybe can be named and they start to feel like, oh, that feels like this. It feels like this. And, and you can develop some skill with naming your emotions, which is not something that we do very much, um, but you can. You can practice that and it's uh, really super useful. So I was hanging out with my feelings about that. I was like, okay, so I'm feeling this urge to kind of want to share and it feels like, mm, and I want to reach across and kind of share with this. But what's underneath it was the sense of, I kind of liked the guy and I kind of um, wanted him to not suffer. And so underneath it is really this caring. And I said, well, I think really I, I kind of care. And he goes, ah. And he and the facilitator paused and he said, yeah, so why don't you tell him that first? And I thought for a second, I went, wow, okay. Um, and he said, and so I said, hey, look, you know, I don't know you very well, but, you know, for whatever reason, I had this feeling like, and you know, you've, you've shared something about your, your history. And what brings up in me is this is caring and I care about your you and your situation. And I've noticed this. And then I followed up with a thing and it went so much better. And the lesson in this, in the, in the facilitator that then said to me, he said, people don't care what you know till they know that you care. And that was like a depth charge went off in me and I've never forgot it. It's so important and powerful. So if someone is trying to teach you something or tell you something, and I don't want to necessarily teach, but sometimes it is that, um, give you some feedback. And there isn't this sense of investment in the relationship, then people, it's really easy for people just to, to blow it off and say, well, why should I listen to you? I don't care about you. I don't care about this relationship. I'm not, there's nothing in, there's in this for me now, you know, someone who's a little more mature, more experienced might be able to just hear the objective words and go, Oh, is this true or not? And evaluate it usefully or not, um, without having to have a value in the relationship first, but we're so usually defended and 
very hard to get information into us in areas where we are sensitive that um, you have to almost always it's difficult to hear any kind of feedback, sometimes even positive feedback from people that you don't have some kind of rapport or established relationship with. And that means you're playing on the table and the poker game with an equal number of chips, right? With the equal kind denomination. Um, there are some exceptions to that, but in general, the overall rule here, or the overall guidance, I should say, instead of a rule, because it's very few rules in communication languages and communication, but there, but in this case, the guidance is, you know, let people know that you care about them. If you are going to invest, and I call it an investment because it kind of is that. It's like if you're going to invest in providing, offering feedback or offering insight or information, and um, that really makes things so much better, so much easier. There's a, there's a way then that the relationship and the information that you're giving is in, infused with something deeper and more powerful than just the value of the information. It's like there's a relationship here. There's a, there's a caring, there's a rapport. And the, if that's authentic, and that's the other key thing, this has to be authentic. Um, if it's authentic, then when you, when you're expressing yourself from that place, things come across very differently than when you're not. And that can make all the difference in whether someone hears something that you have to say. And so that's the lesson for today, if you want to call it a lesson. That's the story for today. And I offer this to listeners because it's such a powerful way to view communications. And when you bring this into your interactions with people, it can change the way things go. It can make things a lot easier for you and for other people. And that really is a big part of what the, this notion of the language of mindfulness is all about, is learning to be grounded in these mind, a mindful capacity to have these skills, like learning to say that you care before you say what you know, uh, in an authentic way, in order to land what it is you're trying to say in a way that can be heard and I don't want to say celebrated, but appreciated and um, potentially even celebrated because sometimes we can have big insights for, for each other and we can help each other remember who we are and get to deeper places with the things that we struggle with. And, well, you know, if we can't do that for each other, then what the heck are we doing here, right? So that's my wish for for you and uh, is that you're able to um, use a, a technique like this to help other people. And also it's a good way to other people see that and, you know, get, and it's kind of a model for them as well. One of the nice things about mindful communications is that when people experience it and the, the authority that it has, because there's no stronger voice than your authentic voice, your authentic caring, um, then they often go, I want a piece of that. You know, I'd like to land in a place like that in myself um, because it's so much more satisfying and all for everyone involved. So that's it. I hope you have enjoyed this and remember to say that you care before you say what you know. 
So that's a wrap on today's edition of the Language of Mindfulness podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If so, please leave us a review on iTunes and follow along on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. We'd really appreciate it. And check us out at languageofmindfulness.com where you can sign up for a free coaching session or download our PDF on eight ways to be more mindful in a virtual meeting at languageofmindfulness.com slash eight, number eight ways. Thanks a ton. And we're looking forward to a lot of great new content coming up as well. Have a great one and stay present.